got to tell you about the Ford Fan Zone. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. And it starts as low as 30 bucks per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or you can call 325-2999, 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Joining us is Craig Bolajak, Mr. Bolajak, David James. He did not win Sportscaster of the Year, so he needed a week off to recover because it's been very difficult for him and and he's oh. he's with some strategy people and they're going to map out something so he can get that thing back where yeah. it rightly yeah. belongs so yeah uh, forgive yeah. him you know he needs to take a little time yeah. he needs a session with riley by the way there you go riley jensen's joining <laughs> us riley yeah needs that motivational you know they need a half hour at least together craig good to have you on man you're a gentleman and a scholar i appreciate hey, my it my friend it's good to, you know what you've been hanging out you know i kind of watch what you're doing but it's good to have you on there with pk you guys sound good what's happening yeah we've been talking a lot of stuff from riley with the sports psychologist and i would i've been complimenting him about uh, how he's a self-made man took a career change and succeed took a leap a leap of faith yeah. with his wife and succeeded and now he's just knocking out of the park and i told the story about when i first got my first uh sports radio gig and my dad said, well, yeah, just make sure you don't quit that paper, son, because I don't know about that sports radio stuff. And then we were talking about having to receive breaks along the way. And everybody has to receive some kind of break. And yes. I'll play it into where we're going with this. But I just wanted to publicly put it out there that one of the guys who was in my corner 20-some years ago was Craig Bowlerjack. And I don't know that I've ever really acknowledged that to you. So I'm doing that right now to thank you for the support that I had that you gave me in furthering my opportunities to get where I am, and I, and I certainly appreciate that. Hey, man, are you going through like a 10-step process today? <laughs> hey, we're just digging into his brain a little bit. We're, we're making him feel better well, about his situation. I, you know, I was thinking about that as I'm watching the ball game against the Suns, right, because it, 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 I want to say it's unparalleled, but it's happened a couple of times where all the uh, dudes that we know and love aren't playing, so then you get to see these these youngster guys get out, and Rudy Gay's not a youngster, and I get that, and Clarkson is an established guy, and maybe Pascal to an extent, but pretty much everybody else is out there trying to prove their worth, and it's the old Jerry Sloan line, hey, it's yeah. not just us, you got all these other teams in the league, so in a sense, I mean, they lost the game, and and you know the Suns, I don't, they're really good, obviously, but it's refreshing in a sense to see guys out there playing for their livelihoods because it's a story of like uh, like me and Riley and I'm sure you ha- you had it too back when you get some breaks you have to fight and prove yourself and yeah. and we see somebody like a uh, probably the most impressive to me was a Trent Forrest now I'm thinking this guy is going to have a place in the league whether it's with the Jazz or whomever and ultimately that's the goal is to have a place in the league and his performance to me was impressive enough to think alright he's got something here yeah you know, he's played well. It's it's consistently, you know, two over the last couple, three or four games that he's had an opportunity to play with Donovan Mitchell out. And, you know, Mike was out again last night on the back-to-back. Last week he went back-to-back. This week he didn't. In fact, you know, when I got the word that all five starters plus Joe would be out, I thought, wow, this could be a really ugly night. But, you know, to your point and to Riley's point, you guys, about competition and the mental part of it, has so much to play in. 
I think uh, over my years in the broadcast business, every game is unpredictable because, as Jerry Sloan always said to us, in the broadcast, in the media field, in those interviews, in his gruff voice, you know, hell, everybody's out there looking at, you know, your (laughs) resume. He always talked about your resume. And the 29 other, you know, eyeballs are on you. Uh, And that's why you have to go out and bust your tail every night. And I thought last night was a prime example of players who said to themselves, look, I'm in the NBA. Look, I know it's Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I get it. But uh, and the best team in the league by the re- by record wise, but no, I was excited to see uh, the energy, the effort that was put forth last night. And there were several guys, Jared Butler. Sometimes we forget about this guy who won a national championship at Baylor, came out and played high level. Pascal has got you know game that you know again maybe will turn even more heads in the Jazz organization when they go small ball. Rudy Gay is a competitor, despite as you said, 16 years. Uh, in the league, but you know, I, I just thought there were moments last night. Daniel House Jr. He wants to be on this team. He wants to have another shot, as you guys are both discussing. Take the opportunity, and you get to be signed, and you never know what happens. Right, two ten days, and I know he wants a regular roster spot, but he, you know, at his size last night, he kind of proved that he can, you know, hang with the bigs. It wasn't taking on a a team that's struggling. It's it's the it's the high level Phoenix Suns. Granted, they didn't have Crowder and DeAndre Ayton last night, but that was a fairly loaded team last night. And, you know, you can arguably say the best backcourt in the NBA. And I thought the Jazz, you know, just played played loose free and they had an attitude of I'm not going to be intimidated. And um, I, I liked what I saw. Craig, I think you're uniquely qualified to answer this question. And, and obviously the Jazz have struggled with <clears throat> some injuries, with some guys staying out. With, with different things that are going on, but how hard is it for you and, and and for an NBA player when you're on the road as much as you are and when you're when you're on the train and when you're on the planes and, and you're in these different stadiums, how hard is it to bring it every single night? I mean, what kind of a mental strain does that put on an, uh, an NBA player and even yourself? Well, you know, I'd say I can't imagine what it's like right now. Look, they took us off the road before Christmas because of COVID. So my challenge, Riley, is real simple, and we don't talk about it much, but I call games by myself with Big T when Holly's available and not on our ESPN assignments. Last night it was just the four of us, uh, Holly, myself, an audio uh, called an A2 uh, that was up at the arena, and there's no one there. I mean, there was four of us just sitting there up on the third floor calling the game off the Jumbotron. So that's the challenge is just try to bring energy when I'm not even there, you know, and, and feel it and try to relate that to fans. And, you know, we've been through it here multiple times. Um, I'll be honest, I don't like it. You know, I'm, I think all of us are better when we interact uh, with people. The energy that I feel in the building and from fans, and it all brings it, you know, into – uh, you encapsulate it, you know, and your your body feels it. You know, it's the energy, it's the moment, and those are the things I miss the most. Uh, and for the players, I can't imagine. You know, again, they've been through it. You know, the bubble, uh, the testing, uh, and I think just the mental strain uh, that goes through it. Now, fans don't want to hear that, right? Because they always say, "Well, they get paid to play." I get it, but still, you know, they they still have a human element here now. 
that this is a stressful time for everyone because they have families as well. They they're concerned about kids. You know, Joe Ingles, you know, trying to protect you know his young kids. Conley, the same way. So you know, um, I hope that we find you know the the sky and the sun breaks through and we get to another level here because it's kind of a rinse and repeat cycle and it does wear on you mentally and and um you know personally the the road the road is fatiguing but at the same time i think the better broadcasts come from when you're actually on site and you can actually tell the people at home what's happening outside of your just your 45 inch you know or the jumbotron screen view. What's happening in my left? What's happening in my right? What's coaches and players doing? What's happening in the stands? Those are the things I miss and, and miss the energy of, of the fans in just a moment. Jazz are eight games back of the Suns now. It looks like the best record in the in the West, at least, is is which is probably be the best record in the league. But anyway, it looks like that's gone. And I, I am surprised to a degree. I don't want to say a cavalier attitude. But obviously, you know, they had some injuries, and, and Gobert probably wouldn't have played no matter what, and Conley's got his situation and, and bogey. But, you know, it seems to me they could have played O'Neal and Ingles, uh, but they're choosing not to. So they're sort of making a statement that, you know, we're not interested in pursuing the best record in the league. And, and ultimately, you know, when the playoffs start and the ball goes up in the air, and the record that you had in the regular season doesn't really matter. I, I understand that because they had it last year and still didn't get out of the second round. But what do you think their concern is as far as maybe third, fourth, fifth, even sixth in the standings? Do they do they care about that? That's a great question, PK. The only thing I can refer to is Quinn Snyder. If you've listened to, to the Zoom cast, the Zoom reporting, when he speaks, he really continues to refer to about preparate, preparation and being playoff ready at game 70. Now, you know, that's uh, what are we tomorrow night? We'll be playing game 49. Uh, so we're 48 in, 49 tomorrow night. So you got about 20, 21 games to get things right. He wants to be at a high level with one focus. And, you know, a lot of teams, PK and, and Riley in the league, they'll always say the, the seedings are overplayed. Maybe for some, but not all. The home court plays a big role. I think it does for the Jazz. I mean, this is an incredible fan base, and that home court advantage, I think, plays into a big favor for the Jazz. Maybe not all teams, but I think it does for Utah. Um, that's how solid the fans are during the regular season and obviously at a higher level during the playoffs. So I think this year they did learn something from last season. To be honest, the 52 wins look great on paper, but if you can't push it past the next level, past round two, and that's where they've been the last two seasons, you know, two and out. What's it take to get even to the Western Conference Finals? Well, health for one, right? That's the one thing about Phoenix, in my opinion, is that Chris Paul's healthy. Uh, Was last year and has been able to keep healthy this season, and it's proven in the record. He's the perfect fit for Devin Booker as a facilitator and leads the league in assists. I mean, you saw that last night uh, if you watched the game. So I, I to your question, I think the Jazz learned a lot last year. It was it was a lot of pressure. And I think they're feeling pressure too this year, which Riley may come into the equation of why they've had some ups and downs. Now look, COVID and injuries is part of a an eighty two game schedule, but you've got to work through the fact that expectations are part of the next level. Champions have to be able to 
handle the pressure, right, and work through it, understand it. In fact, almost, um, I don't know, I would say embrace it. Uh, and I think the Jazz are still in that learning process on how to handle expectations. And that may be part of the equation of, of uh, what we've seen over the last month with this team. Um, so we'll see how it works out. There's talent there, but there's a lot of talent in the West. I think it just depends on who's, who's on target and, and basically who's the healthiest when, uh, when late April comes around and you, and you jump into the, uh, the postseason. Yeah, in in that regard, you know, to me, I, I understand where they're coming from to be able to just make sure you're playing your best ball uh, as far as that goes when it re- when it matters the most because ultimately that's you're gonna how you're gonna be judged. And we've had a couple of games here where virtually no starters are were available. I mean that that and you you go back you go back as long as anybody in the market you know to and I was I was talking about uh, earlier. Uh, I think Thurl's first nine years in the league, he missed a total of four games. But in one year when he got traded, he played 84, which is two above the, the, the maximum, really. So those four games got reduced to two. And we all know about the statues and Mark Eaton. They were just out there every single time. And you can't really pin it upon the, the Jazz because it's not unique to them. It just seems like that that's the way the league is right and i'm wondering does anybody care about where they're where they're seated i mean and you can make the argument why should you because milwaukee was fourth and they won it all yeah no that's that's uh, i think where people judge tk you this is a great conversation because the regular season fans come fans pay Fans buy merchandise, fans buy concessions, and it's a long stretch of six months of 82. And you make a great point. During the Sloan, Larry Miller, Jerry Sloan, John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek era, there was a more attitude amongst the coaches, ownership, and players that it was a, a badge of honor uh, to fight through uh, any type of injury. I mean, it's folklore. Right, Riley and PK. Every you always hear something crazy about some athlete, you know. But for it's it's the big ankle sprain of one Carl Malone that was the size of a damn grapefruit, and he continued to wrap it with tape and play. Yeah, John Stockton's elbow. He could not. He only shot with one hand. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you hear these folklorish type stories, but in some reality, it it. it it, I think it reflected on the coach as well. Jerry was that type of guy. I mean, you know, he came from that era where NBA ball players fought each other. Uh, they, 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 you know, smoked cigarettes at halftime. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like, you know, all we knew, all they knew to do was to go play, and they were going to scrap and and beat each other on the floor. That was the pride. Then all of a sudden, you got teams or a superstar who wanted to recruit a buddy or another some other teammate to, to form these super teams. And then that all changed. And I think getting back to coming back to square one, the, the league, obviously you want to play well, and, and I still think you want to find yourself a home court advantage, but there's more of an attitude now being prepared uh, for the postseason and to get healthy, which means they will rest players. Uh, they won't let a, a, a player maybe aging like Mike. Uh, they want to make protect him because you know what, two PK and Riley, it's a bigger investment than it was during Carl and John's day. 
you know, $30 million contracts are in vogue. And so ownership uh, and coaches and the, and the medical staff realize, look, uh, we've got to protect our investment, also the interest of what we're trying to accomplish, and ultimately that's an NBA championship. Fans want that, and if they have to suffer through a month where you don't have a star player or two on the floor, then that's part of the sacrifice to get to the top. And hopefully the Jazz get healthy. I mean, this COVID is real, and they just happen to be the last team in the league. They protected themselves very well. I salute that because we went through some of the same protocol they did uh, as a broadcast group. But, uh, you know, it was their turn. And right now it hurts. But can you turn it around, refocus, Riley, right? I mean, I think that's part of the whole mental part of this, right? It's not just winning ball games, but how mentally sound are you when the time comes to play in the postseason? Yeah, I, th- I think there's no question that, look, it's a long season, and I think that's what rookies always talk about. I, I saw something yesterday with Kobe Bryant where he was just talking about when he airballed those four or five shots against the Jazz and lost the series, and he was talking about what he learned from it. And he, he said, I learned that it's a long season, that the most games I'd ever played in a season was 35 and there I was on game, you know, 90 trying to trying to win it in the last seconds and the mentality that he took from that and the mentality that you have to learn at this point in the season is so is so vital. And I, I think that's true whether you're whether you're on the road traveling with them, whether you're whether you're at your own job. I mean, there's just there's part of every year that's kind of the doldrums of your job and you have to figure out how to fight through it and have the right mentality to be able to be successful, right? Yeah, and Riley, I get asked this all the time. I mean, PK is a, a salty vet, right? But he still <laughs> learns, right? And don't you? Isn't that true to the case of whether you're four years, five years, nine years, fifteen years, sixteen years in the league? The why? The reason why you're there is because you still are hungry. I would guess, and right, and you still have the ability to adapt and learn. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think that there's some science to back that up, but I also think that that all of us anecdotally can just look at that and say, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that growth mindset, that that mindset to just like continue to grow and progress, or to be a lifetime lifetime learner, is what makes most of the great ones great. Right? They they never stopped learning and progressing and growing, and uh, those those are the people that I'm looking at to be successful. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Because I look at, uh, you know, how does Chris Paul keep the edge? I look at Rudy Gay. How do they keep the edge? How does LeBron, how does LeBron keep the edge? You know, how did Carl and John do it? I mean, those are, those are special high-level players that, you know, you'd almost have to really sit down and study for a while to understand what drove them to greatness, but also the, the pursuit of it and not being fatigued. You're finally saying, ah, I'm done. I don't see that in LeBron right now. Not at I mean, all. It's, it's, he's playing at an, again at a high level at 37. Yeah, for sure. And so is Tom Brady. Now, what he does, I don't know. But, you know, to get knocked out, you have to wait and not make a knee-jerk reaction. But at 44, man, I was still impressed with the way he, he handles the field, his teammates, and just the athletic ability he still possesses. It's Some of these guys are amazing. They really are. They spend a lot of money, right, on taking care of their body. So before I let you go, Greg, I don't want you to – you don't have to comment on – 
the political nature of the issue. But I wanted to hit you up with the John Stockton thing. And right. I'm not looking for your, you know, if you want to get it, you can. But that's not the point. It just you know him very well. Uh, how surprised are you that he has put himself in the public spotlight? Because it seemed like that yeah. was something that he always ran the opposite direction from. I was stunned. I got to be honest, because as you know, PK, you tried, I tried, everyone tried to get the, 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 the interview, right. To get to really get to know John. And he would toy with us a little bit in the media. Never really was rude. You know, he told me, Hey, Bowler, I'll talk to you after the game about my elbow. Okay. And then when I asked him, here's what he said. I said, John, tell me about the elbow. Bowler, it's fine. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> that was it. You know, I thought I was in for like a scoop, and he was going to tell me exactly what went down. But, you know, he pulled the strings on me. But that was John. And we just kind of got used to it. And right, he never, right, right. never wanted the spotlight. I remember, you know, he just said, Malone will take care of that. Yeah. And, you know, Carl loved the camera. He did. And John was able to just sidestep away and sneak away, and that's the way he wanted it. He goes, I don't understand you know, Bowler, honestly, why people want to talk to me. And I said, John, you got to be kidding because you're one of the most elite point guards to ever play this game. But yeah. he just saw it as a job. So to your question, PK, honestly, very surprised that he's been this vocal, this public uh, about and, and controversial. Uh, and even Gonzaga, when that came out, uh, what, yesterday or was it over the weekend that they right, right. rescinded his tickets? You yeah. know, I thought, wow, this is just something I'm surprised John would even wade into I know. Uh, on a public stage. But it is what it is, and people are obviously have opinions that we all know uh, in the last couple of years that have come forth that we never thought some friends or families, you know, members think and believe. And here's another example of what, one individual truly in his heart uh, believes is truth. Um, I think you still have to be careful. I, I, I researched myself some of the athletes he professed that had dropped dead on the court or the pitch, and I haven't, I haven't seen that But I, because I think that would be making news. But, again, when you have passion, PK and Riley, sometimes, again, things get a little bit uh, sideways, as Jerry Sloan would say. Um, but look, it's John's opinion, and people people can make their own their own decision or uh, discuss it however they want to. There you go. Yeah, that's the final analysis. Hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey guys, good talking to you, Riley. DJ better man, DJ better be careful, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we we love this show. We love this show. All right, hey, good talking to you guys. All right, that's Craig Bell- Bowler Jack. Obviously, you know what he does, what he's been doing for many years. You'll hear him tomorrow night uh, when he'll be in the arena, and the team will be in the arena, and they've got the Suns coming in. We'll see who's available and uh, to what level we can determine. That's a big game. Uh, but the Jazz have been in a little bit of a losing streak, and I think they'll get out of it. In time, they'll start winning 8 out of 10 like we know that they can do. All right, stay with us. We'll get you caught up on what you missed. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. The rules in any sport are not perfect, but I love it when teams go right to let's blame the rules and forget about the rest of the darn game. Remember that uh, what was a perceived pass interference call with the Saints game that yeah. they wouldn't right. shut up about for two years? Right. We get focused on, oh, the rules are bad. No, they're not. You're bad. Yeah, correct. Again, You're somebody, bad. so many of the things can be fixed by just making the stop. For, for people today to be like, change the overtime yeah. rules, you're ignoring bad decisions. 
Yes. You're ignoring bad play. Look at them letting Kansas City score with 13 seconds left to go. Uh, them throwing it to Travis Kelsey. Of course they're going to throw it to Travis Kelsey. Correct. You're not guarding that guy? Yes. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Every day from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Slacker Radio Headlines. They are brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call or visit Lee'sHeatAC.com to now schedule a free in-home estimate or free second opinion. Sing it with me, Riley. Lee's Heating and Air. <laughs> Lee's Heating and Air. All right, I like it, man. More the tenor. I like it. A deeper voice. More manly than me. You played football. I played freshman year of football. Did I ever tell you that? Freshman year. Did high. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved from New Jersey to Phoenix, right? You talk about a fish out of water. I come in. I've softened, believe it or not. Yeah, you're like the Karate Kid story, really. <laughs> yeah. So I move out, and I'm not even with my parents. My parents are back in Jersey. They've got stuff to Who take you care with? of. I, I have an older sister. Okay. I have two older sisters. They're substantially older than me. I was a big old accident. Uh, I came along like 10 years later, right? So my sister and her then husband, whom we hated, it's another story, He they move out to Phoenix. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. And she's been remarried for like 30-some years. Love yeah. the dude. Almost 40 years, the second husband. Um, great dude. Served in the military. Just a great person. And they move out. And... Um, like two years later, my parents decide we're going to pull the trigger. So we move out, but they want me to start school at this, you know, in August when school starts. They're not ready to move, so they send me out there. So I go out there, and I go to a school. I literally don't know a soul. Don't Thunderbird? Yeah. Don't know Pablo Mastrona's school, high school. The two of us went to the same high school. Yeah. It's the first year the school is open. It had been open, but they had been doing double sessions at another school. We only had to June. We had three classes, freshman, sophomore, junior, at the Thunderbird campus, 19th Thunderbird in Phoenix. I literally don't know a soul. And I'm living with my sister and some dude who I hate, right? And I'm thinking, this, this kind of sucks. And uh, so I think, well, how am I going to meet guys, you know? I'm going to meet people. Well, the first opportunity then. Freshman was, football. Yeah, yeah. So I go out for football. And I suck, but I go out for football. <laughs> it was an overflowing school, so they had two teams. Really? Uh, yeah, they had two freshman teams. And, uh, and so I was on the one team, and I remember first day putting on the pads, running out there after school. The varsity practice at night uh, – we didn't. So you're in the 170. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Temperature. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the freshman. No. He can handle the heat. This is awful. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> but Playing football in Arizona is no joke. Yeah. My first college start was in Arizona against Glendale Community College. 109 degrees yeah. at 7 o'clock at night oh, kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't understand. It never cools off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so hot. I just, I got a a thing from, uh, I get to ASU uh, uh, 
Cronkite uh, magazine they sent out quarterly or something, and they got a new dean. Wait, did you graduate from I the did. Walter Cronkite Damn right school? I did, brother. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's great. That's great. I didn't know. I got coaches bringing that up to me. <laughs> oh, listen, Cronkite boy. <laughs> they razz me about that. <laughs> coaches, so awesome. college football coaches in town razz me about it. Uh, yeah, and uh, so I read this thing. Is Dean? He's getting a. He, he's the new dean of the school of the of the college and of the broadcast deal, and he's from I don't know Oshkosh or wherever. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the sun and the heat. Bring it on! I'm thinking, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you you dude, think you know? It will buckle you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend visit us once from L.A. in uh, late August, and he came out, and we're getting ready to go out to a little night on the town. It's like 7 o'clock, and he goes, oh, my gosh, when does it cool off? And I say, I'm from, you know, late October, early November, and he starts laughing. He thinks I'm a smart bleep because he's thinking, what time of day does it cool off? In August, right? And uh, you're like, never. No, <laughs> it's not. No, I till... figured out. I figured out really quickly just playing a couple games down in Arizona. Also, a breeze doesn't help because it's a warm breeze. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's the same temperature as right. the air outside. Right, right, right. So who cares if the wind's blowing? It doesn't do anything. <laughs> no, it's miserably hot. It, it's miserably hot. It just it's just and there's no other way to describe it. So I go out for the team, and we sucked. I think we were like two and seven. But the great thing about it was I'd say if there were 50 kids who went out, at least 20, 25 kids quit over the course of the season, and I didn't quit. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I stuck it out. Did you make any friends? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. That was the key, right? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the key. Just to get... I think that's yeah. what's great about football, actually, yeah. Yeah. Is, is the camaraderie of the sport. Yeah, right? oh, yeah, yeah. If you're well, in, you're in. One kid, uh, we ended up playing four years of baseball, and he was my roommate in college. And I met him on the football team. Yeah, as uh, yeah, as a fourteen year old kid. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was my, uh, and I went out for basketball, and then I, and so get this, <laughs> so I go out for basketball, and again they got two teams, and I play, and the baseball season there, practice starts first part of February. Because you're outside, you know, and it's beautiful weather. And so basketball season ends like around March 1st or something. And then you go out. Well, they'd already had three days of practice or three weeks of practice, right? I go out for baseball and there's only one baseball team. And they keep like 25 guys. And I'm not one of them. You got cut. I got That's cu- the sport you want to play. <laughs> yes. You played football, basketball. The sport you wanted to play, you got cut. I get cut, right? And they put the names in the locker room, and I'm going down. Oh, 25 man. names. And my, well, there's like three guys from basketball, and the coach, who was a first year guy, is like 23 years old. He kept most of the guys who'd been out there for three weeks, right? Well, by this time, the little Italian bombshell known as my mother has moved out to Phoenix. <laughs> so, Oh, no. Oh, no. Unbeknownst to me... Uh, you got she, put on the team. She has a meeting with the principal. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Oh, no. <laughs> now, listen. Uh, you know those Jersey girls. <laughs> <laughs> and she's full-blown Italian, right? FBI. I'm full-blown Italian. So we come FBI. back... FBI. <laughs> yeah, full-blown Italian. So, like, about three days later, after the meeting, 
I get a message from the baseball coach, and uh, he says, hey, come see me after school. Manny Rivero, Spanish teacher. So I go see him. Yeah, we, we'd like to invite you back on the team. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. When did you find out that mom had visited the principal? Where, I don't remember. The I, I don't remember. But there was a kid. 17 who, years later? <laughs> it's a funny story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love this story. There, uh, a kid who didn't have the grades. Uh, and uh, so he was supposedly kicked off the team. They bring me back on. Probably about two weeks later, I'm starting. And I can. Guys that are on the team that are sitting the bench, wait a second, you got cut, now you're starting. Why well, end up playing four years of high school ball, right? right. Started all four years. Uh, and wasn't, you know, decent, decent enough high school player. Well, fast forward many, many years, going back to 2013. And Manny Romero comes up to you. Rivera. 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 Manny Rivera comes up to you and goes, <laughs> you know the only reason we put you on the team is because your mom. Well, I had found out somewhere along the line because somebody had told me. I forget. Well, my mother's having mass. Well, She, she, she passes, right? So we're going to have a funeral mass. And the priest that's down in Phoenix, I'm living here. My sister, my well, not the sister I live with, the other sister who is far more crusty than the sister I lived with, and um, she sets it up the where they went to church, the parish, and it, she says, "Okay, well, and my brother's going to say a few words." Priest says, "No, he's not." She says, "Yes, he is." No, that's not the practice. I do it. She says, "You don't understand. My brother is speaking." <laughs> so she's your mother's daughter. Yeah, yeah, is what yeah. you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And she's the she one. She doesn't care if she has to go to the Pope herself to make sure you speak she's in this She's the funeral. one who lived in Jersey the longest. She was the last one to move out. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So uh, she went through college and everything and had a job, and then they moved out. So you're out. saying her crustiness, like, really it was got solidified. Because she was in Jersey. It got longer. solidified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You don't mess with her. So. Um, he says, okay, after basically she says, he's speaking, Father, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay, okay, he can speak for five minutes. So it comes time during the Mass for me to get up to speak. And she's sitting right next to me, and I, and I look at her, and I, th- and I thought, you know, five minutes. And she looks at me, she grabs my arm, she says, take as long as you want. <laughs> so... I don't know. We got to go to break. (laughs) So I tell the story of getting cut from the freshman baseball team and my mother going in to see the principal after the the service is over and we go over to my sister's house and you know you have your little gathering there. My both my sisters say we thought that you didn't know that's why you got put on the team because our mother went and saw the principal. They thought all these years that I didn't know it, but somewhere along the line I found out. But they never told me because they didn't want me to know. So they kept a forty-year secret, but it wasn't a secret. <laughs> it I already knew it. It, it. Wasn't, it, was, it wasn't revealed. 
that they did a great job of keeping the secret until the funeral of yeah, your mother. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Where I told the story. <laughs> they didn't know. And they're like, they... did you tell him? <laughs> yes. No, you told him. I told you not to tell him. I know you told him. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they happened. They got in a fight at the funeral <laughs> I over who him. told the secret. <laughs> my little, and I was always, they're always my mothers. I had like three mothers, basically, because they were way older than me. Yeah, they don't <laughs> sound like the motherly type at all. Well, they were. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. In an I'm Italian, kidding. New Jersey sense. I'm kidding. They were taking care of you. They were, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I also told the story where my mother at the, uh, I took her on the BYU trip, my father, when they played Notre Dame, and my mother sat right in the middle of the Cougar Club and was... Uh, drinking coffee and eating uh, the free food and she had saved a seat for me but she didn't know that was the Cougar Club why Tom Homo's up there diagramming plays on the overhead projector that they're going to see in the game that afternoon against the Irish and she didn't know that that was an exclusive club that you had to pay to get into. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the Cougar Club? (laughs) PK's a member of that? Did you hear that? I think PK just revealed another secret. He's a member of the Cougar Club. Mama Kinahan. I'm an honor Remember, <laughs> Mama Kinahan got him an automatic membership. She went in and sat down, and nobody told her to get out. Did she have a Notre Dame shirt on? Uh, Sweatshirt. Sh- sh- my father did later, but there you go. Jazz lost. That's your recap. Nobody who was anybody who played mostly. Hopefully, they'll have their starters back. So we got you up to date on all the things that matter. Stay with us. We'll close up the show next. Ninety-seven five twelve eighty the zone. And it's all over, almost here. Don't go nowhere. This is unright. Guys are doing a hell of a job. If you got to trade an offensive player, trade Boyan for Ben Simmons. What are you going to get from Ben Simmons? 13 and a half points. We don't want whatever. You want defense. <sighs> Stop trying to convince me of something. One won't happen, and two, I don't want to happen. Stop trying to convince me. I'm not going to do it. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. I've dropped 134 pounds in 37 weeks on soda weight loss. It's not a fad. It's not a crash diet. It's based on science, and you can do it too. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Thrive Appliance. Every day is like a holiday sale at Thrive Appliance. Save 40 to 70% off name brand appliances. That's a lot of dough. Thrive is receiving truckloads of new inventory every day. Visit thriveappliance.com to shop for their updated inventory. The Snig Dog is off today. Riley Jensen sitting in. We sure appreciate it. Uh, some of the feedback that uh, we got somebody from your uh, Aggie land, man. And he's talking about uh, Aggie football. Aggie football. Wow, what a season, huh? Best what season, a great season. Best surprise season in the, in the country, maybe? From- well, I mean, you had to convert me to my own team. <laughs> like midway through the season. Like, when are you getting on the bandwagon? Anything under 10 wins is unacceptable, Riley. I did say that. You at, did. At that point, and uh, they ended up, uh, they get a, how 11 they, wins. They got 11 wins. Most yeah. in the state. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, guys that, you know, were uh, under-recruited, overlooked, and you'd state Weitzman's talking about how Bobby Wagner of Utah State is a great example of that, and you look at it, he's he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, yep. he has been. Uh, he may get traded because they need to rebuild. 
the uh, speaking of the Seahawks, but what a career. What a, what a player. Yeah. I mean, and I think I think Utah State thought he was gonna be a really nice player. I don't think they I don't think they saw this. I mean, it has to do with that that burn that we were talking about, right? It's, it's like, got to be. I mean, you and I were talking in the break about Josh Allen, right? Like who who's had a better performance and lost in a game than what Josh Allen had? And the only thing I could think of was Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and you had the Is stats there, on that. It was like 505 yards, three touchdowns. It was That's ridiculous. pretty awesome. Yeah. But like, what, who, who's played better than Josh Allen and lost a playoff game? Yeah, I mean, because honestly, the mental toughness to do what he did yeah. in those last two minutes was unbelievable. Twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah. So fun to watch. Yeah. Football, if you don't like NFL football, you're crazy. NFL playoff football especially. I mean, that was just a... So fun. That, that was a Chamber of Commerce weekend for NFL football. Talk about Chamber of Commerce weather. Uh, the only thing that bothered me was that I think they need to change the overtime rule. Because I think at that point, we talked about this yesterday, obviously, the situation with the defenses, they had nothing left. So the coin flip was such a big deal. That's fair enough. And I, I saw on social media somebody say, well, if Josh Allen was all that, he would have won the coin flip. <laughs> I mean, he went with tails, never fails. I mean, I, dude, I would have gone with tails. We all go with tails. I think they need to eliminate the importance of the coin flip. All of a, I mean, that's the most important. It does feel coin, a little bit. That was the most important coin flip since we talked about it yesterday. Since like 1969, 1970, Lou Alcindor was coming out of college, and uh, before he changed his name, and. It was the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. Now, it was way before my time from Phoenix, but after moving to Phoenix several years later, I heard all about it, and they did a coin flip in the commissioner's office, and they weren't even there, and Milwaukee won the flip, so they end up drafting Abdul-Jabbar, who, in my mind, and everyone's mind, really, is just super awesome, and the Suns then took Neil Walk, a guy named Neil Walk. I think he was out of like Florida, Florida State. Wasn't bad. But obviously, not Kareem Abdul. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just one of the all-time greats. He's right? no Lou Alcindor. No, no, he's not even a Lou Alcindor, let alone Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> and that coin flip determined the the, con- the uh, directions of two franchises. And I think that coin flip determined the outcome of that game because no, de- either defense wasn't stopping the other guy. And I would no have loved, loved to have seen the um, Bills get an opportunity to, to have the football. You know, put it at the 50, and if you don't want to mimic the college rules, put it at the 50, and then you each get a possession, and uh, whoever has more points wins, and then you go to the second possession, and so forth and so on, until it's over. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with changing the rule. I, I don't think anybody's complaining about the rule, per se, other than, let's change it. Nobody's saying, like, oh, you know, the Bills got ripped off. They're just saying... Let's change it. Because, yeah, I don't care who the won same, the game. They, say, they had the same argument with Mahomes and Brady a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Exact, Brady exact same it. thing. Exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked against. I just want to see great football continue and not sort of be trumped up. Great football. Yeah, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. I told my wife she wasn't watching. I told her to go turn on, come out here. You got to see this. Came There's out. very few times in my life where like I'm like, oh my God, like out yeah, loud, yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no. I couldn't believe, yeah. and my wife's like, "What? What are you? What are you doing?" I'm like, "Tell my kids to get in here. This is one of the best games that's ever happened." It really was. 
Really was. All right, Riley, thanks for sitting in. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you again down talk the you line. Soon. And Jake and Ben coming up next. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.